American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America. Main Street, Main Street, Wall Street. That's right, we must take America back. And I'm coming to you from deep in the heart of the, of the state of independence, the birthplace of American liberty. The little tiny Victorian town of Belfont, Pennsylvania, in the heart of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I'm your Thursday host here at the National Intel Report, live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Mojo 50 Radio, on or, uh, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio and Patriot Nation Radio Network. Um, I'm uh, I'm Peter Surfing. A man, a legend. With With a great beard. With the greatest beard in radio. This guy is the sweetest, nicest, most gentlest person you've ever met in your life. The man's really insightful and pretty freaking smart. With wit, sharp like safety scissors. I would I would walk over hot coals for this guy. With that golden voice behind the microphone. He's got a big, fat, juicy, beautiful brain. The Nostradamus of political prognostication. Your host, Peter Seraphine. Free speech is not free, my friends. I need you to support whatever free speech platform you're listening to right now or watching. If you're one of the few people that watches the video live stream, support it. Share it out. Tell your friends. Go to the network's homepage and donate if you have the money to. If you have the ability. I, I, it's tough right now, isn't it? I totally get that. But you can buy something that helps, too. And visit the sponsors' pages. Also a big help. Support free speech anywhere you find it. Tonight, we've got we've got two guests with us tonight. It's a two recurring guests. They come back once a month. We've got Brent Hemachek of Human Events and David Sumrall from StopHate.com. And I can't wait to show David Sumrall that I got my copy of the American Gulag Chronicles, Letters from Prison, awesome book uh it's a collection of of letters from the january 6 prisoners and in some places they have uh you know photographs of the the handwritten letter and then next to it it's all typed out nice so you can actually read it because you know some of the prisoners have handwriting like mine uh but yeah can't wait to tell them about that been waiting for that book got it thrilled and all the proceeds from those books by the way goes to uh, to help support the j6 prisoners so highly recommend it. It's American Gulag Chronicles, Letters from Prison, available at stompate.com. Um, let's see, so that's a two guess. You know, what's really got me is, uh, well, taxes. I'm going to tell you a little story about what's going on in my life right now. But this thing has has got me really focused on taxes and how some of the taxes that we have are just re- absurd shouldn't exist at all and other ones are you know just not well done and of course the other side of that is every time the government needs more money they just raise the taxes or create new taxes either way and yeah 
everything we do is taxed. Everything you buy, everything you see, it's ridiculous. So here's here's what happened to me. My uh, older neighbors here in the little town of Belfont, my older neighbors, well, they couldn't take care of their house anymore, and they moved into a small apartment. And, uh, well, I, I swooped in, I guess, reached over real quick, and I bought their house. And I, uh, I bought it um, using the equity in my house. See, I, I have a home equity line, so I, uh, I just you know, basically wrote them a check and bought the house. And I got a pretty good deal on it. I, I bought the house pretty cheap, and it, it needed some work. And I, I worked. Like every day after my regular job, I went over there and I was working. And, well, I debated back and forth over and over and over again as to whether or not I should rent this property out or if I should sell it. And, of course, you know, the pros of renting it out and becoming a landlord is it's relatively passive income indefinitely. And I haven't been at my regular day job long enough that I don't expect to have a huge retirement. So that passive income indefinitely, that that sounded good to me. But, of course, the work of being a landlord doesn't sound good to me. And the other idea was to sell it, right? So if I sell it outright, after I cleaned it and fixed it and made it all nice and shiny new again, if I sell it outright, then I can basically become debt-free. Like, I, I could probably make enough money off of this other house to pay off my only debt, which is the debt on my current house. So I got be debt-free now versus long-term passive income. Well, after doing this, after buying this other house and putting this work in and starting to research to make an informed decision, I came across some of the details of capital gains tax where I am. For those of you that, like me a few weeks ago, really didn't know what capital gains tax was or had never dealt with it before, at least I knew what it was, but I never had to deal with capital gains. Capital gains comes in anytime you buy or sell basically anything and make a profit. Now, there, there, there are rules that apply. See, the, the typical tap, capital gains, at least where I am, is 15% of the profit. But, but if you buy and sell said item within two years, like you buy it and then within two years you sell it, that capital gains jumps to 28%. So you can imagine something like a house the difference between 28% and 15% is pretty big. So, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to pay that extra tax. The government didn't do anything to earn that extra tax. But in the case of this house, you know, every month I own it, well, it's going to cost me three or $400 in taxes and insurance and, you know, water, sewer, trash bill. So, so that gives you an incentive to sell it and flip it quick. But then the capital gains come, tax comes in, and that makes you want to slow down. And I, I really didn't know what to do. I just kept working on the house and cleaning it up and making it look better. 
and I wasn't sure what to do. And, well, lo and behold, I found an answer. But it seems pretty sneaky to me. It's perfectly legal. I've checked with lawyers. I've checked with CPAs. It's perfectly legal. And it's almost, to me, it's like the best of both worlds. It's the best of renting and selling rolled into one. What I'm doing, what I've decided to do, is I'm selling the house via owner financing. So instead of me getting all of the money up front, like you would do in a normal, typical sale of a home, I'm going to take payments. Now, by taking payments, I'm not getting all the money at once. Therefore, I'm not taxed all at once. So I now get taxed at the 15% rate instead of the 28% rate. But, of course, the drawback is I don't have all the money all at one time. Now, why this bothered me so much is, why why is that differentiation there? Why does it matter if you buy something and sell it in one year, two years, or three, four, five years? Why, why does that matter to the government? And why should it affect the taxes that you have to pay on this thing? If you have opinions on this or you want to join the conversation, this is a live call-in show. So feel free to call in to 512-248-8252 or 800-313-9443. To answer my question, I, I couldn't find a reason why the government should have any say as to how quickly I buy or sell a thing, whether it's stock or a house. It's none of their business. And then it also got me thinking about, well, why is there a different tax rate for capital gains versus income? It's income either way. So shouldn't it be the same? See, I think that that's one of the ways that, you know, those in the know avoid paying taxes at all. Because they don't have a, you know, the... The rich and the wealthy, they're not like you and I. They don't have a regular wage-earning or salary-earning job. They use their money to make more money. One of the things I learned about during this whole capital gains tax investigation of mine, one of the things I learned was if I take the profit from the sale and immediately or within the year invest it in another like property. So if I, for example, I I bought a house, I flipped the house, I made a profit. If I take that profit and I buy another house, well, I defer that capital gains tax. Same thing would would be true of stock. If you bought some stock, you made a a quick profit, you sold the stock. Well, if you reinvested your profit in more stock, you can defer that capital gains tax. Now, I've never done this before. I've never bought a property for investment purposes. I'd only ever bought my own homes. And I certainly never flipped a a property, flipped a house. So this entire thing was very new to me. 
But like I said, it got me thinking about taxes in general. And taxes, well, they make me mad. I don't know about you, but they make me mad. I'm not one of those that believe that, you know, all taxes theft. I, I do believe that government is there to serve a purpose. That purpose costs money and there, there needs to be tax. I do not believe that absolutely everything should be taxed. And everything is. And, I mean, it's start, if just go through the process, right? Go through the chain. You go to work, you get a paycheck. But before you get that paycheck, you've already paid income tax. Then, you take the money that's left, and you go to buy almost anything, and you're going to pay sales tax. Manage to trip over a fantastic deal like I did and get a house really cheap and make a few dollars from that, there's capital gains tax. Back in my state, in most states, if you buy a used vehicle, used vehicle, you have to pay sales tax on that. And that's wrong. Sales tax was already paid on that purchase when it was new. In that instance, you're taxing the same item over and over and over and over again. And oh, property tax. Property tax. I don't think anything that you own yourself outright, anything you own outright, shouldn't be taxed. Period. Shouldn't be. If the government can come and take your house because you didn't pay the property tax. Do you really own the house? I don't think so. Something you you own is something that can't be taken away. Going back to the income tax, we all know that the a progressive income tax well, that's part of the Communist Manifesto, right? We know that. Karl Marx, Friedrich Engel, Manifesto of the Communist Party. I think it was rule number two in the Communist Manifesto was to, is to create a progressive income tax. Why? So why do we have a progressive income tax? Why should we be quote-unquote, punishing success. If I make more money, that shouldn't change the rate. That should only change the dollar amount, right? If my income tax rate as a middle-class person is, I don't know, just going to throw a number out there. If my middle-class wage, I have to pay 15%, well, then a billionaire should have to pay 15%. makes sense to me and I know that's like a flat tax thing and there's pros and cons to flat tax but I I have a problem against income tax entirely 
income tax taxation before you even get your money. It just seems morally wrong. I don't think we should have income tax. Now, there is the the fair tax plan that's in Congress, and <clears throat> pardon me, of course, all of the the progressive and liberal news media, well, they their heads about exploded when they saw a 30% sales tax was being proposed. Well, the 30% sales tax is pretty high. But what does that 30% sales tax do? What does the fair tax plan do? Well, it eliminates all other federal taxes. It eliminates income tax. It eliminates corporate income taxes. It eliminates everything and goes to a flat 30% sales tax. Then another one, you know, they come back and say, well, that's not fair to the poor folk because poor folk are most impacted. Well, two things, two points. One is my own personal point, and that is that if all of our taxation was in the form of a sales tax, I would have a little bit of control over how much tax I pay. I could choose if I wanted to go buy the $200,000 luxury car or buy a used car and not pay any tax at all. Because the 30% sales tax proposed by the fair tax is on new goods and services only. So if you wanted to be frugal and shop at yard sales and thrift stores and things like that, you'd never have to pay it. So the poor person, quite possibly for the first time ever, would have the at least ability to avoid paying tax on a lot of their purchases. They don't have that ability now. Now, the other thing about the fair tax is they acknowledge that tax hurts the poor. And they acknowledge that especially a 30% sales tax, my God, that's going to really hurt the poor. So what they do in their plan is they automatically every month give every citizen a tax rebate, or you might want to call it a pre-bait. Now, the, the pre-bait that they give is based on the poverty line. And they say, basically, anybody who's living below the poverty line shouldn't have to pay tax. So they give back what would have been collected in sales tax by somebody earning a poverty-level income. But they give it back to everybody. See, the fair tax doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate against the the poor or the rich. They give everybody back the tax on the first however many thousand dollars worth of income that you're going to spend on something that's taxed. Now, I'm not saying I am 100% for the idea of the fair tax. But it sure is a lot better than what we have now. Mr. Craig Waite in the 
in the video stream on YouTube says that nothing is fair about the tax system and the IRS will handle you with or without the law if you piss them off. And that's right. And that's part of the problem. We've all seen the, the IRS become weaponized. Why is the agency responsible for collecting taxes being weaponized? Well, of course, it's because it's easy. And they're there already. So why not use them? But continuing on. So you have your income tax. Your your, your paycheck is taxed before you receive your paycheck. You get your paycheck and you go out and you spend it. And almost anything you spend it on is going to be taxed in sales tax. God forbid you actually make a buck doing something on the side, like flipping a house. Then you got capital gains tax. Well, then, well, what if you you manage to save some money in your lifetime? And then you die. In about half of the country your estate's going to pay estate tax or death tax or inheritance tax, whatever you want to call it. So money that you already pay taxes on, you manage to save is going to get taxed again after you're gone and you can't even defend the fact that it was already taxed. And, of course, you know, the coffin that you're buried in, well, that's going to be taxed. The service of cremation, if you choose that route, that's going to be taxed. Everything is taxed. And that's part of the problem. It's, that's actually a big part of the problem in our, in our country. Is that we pay so many taxes. And so many taxes are just built in. To everything that you don't even know how much you're paying. I, my best guess is we're all paying more than half of our wealth, our income, our net worth. More than half of it goes to pay some kind of tax, which means more than half of your money ends up in the hands of government. That's a problem. Anytime the government needs money, what do they do? They raise taxes or make a new tax. Rather than cut back on spending, they get more. It's a problem. It's, that, that, that's the, that cuts to the heart of the problem with our current government for the last hundred years or so they're no longer stewards of our money they consider us stewards of their money we need people in Washington that understand that it's our money again the fair tax 30% sales tax idea well, I'm sure it's not perfect, but it's better than what we what we have now. 
What we have now is a hodgepodge of hundreds of different taxes, all managed by different groups of people. And no one person knows what they all are. You get up in the morning, you go out to your car that you paid sales tax on, and then a registration fee, you put tax gasoline in it. It's ridiculous. Anyway, that's the end of the first segment. When we come back on the other side of this three-minute break, should be Brent Hemichak from humanevents.com. We'll be right back. was the night before Christmas, the kids snuggled asleep in their beds when you heard a loud rumble like Santa and his sled. So you went downstairs to take a peek, get a look. You were confronted by this creep, a crook. He drew his weapon, but you fired first. And now this creep could take all your worth. Secure your family with right to bear insurance. Plans start at $10.95 a month with civil and criminal defense coverage options up to $2 million. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash right to bear to learn more or to sign up and start protecting what you have now. Peter Serafine, your Thursday host here on National Intel Report, Liberty Lighthouse. Phone line is open 512-248-8252. And as promised, Mr. Brent Hemacek is joining us from uh, Human Events. How you doing tonight, sir? I couldn't be any better. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I love having you, having uh, these recurring guests on the show. Yeah, a- and, and you know, and at my age, recurring is interesting, right? Because you never know when you'll stop recurring. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I recurred, and I'm hoping to recur again. Well, I appreciate it. I just uh, just today got confirmation that Dr. Jen Vandewater, who was with us last week, fantastic. I had a lot of fun with that show. She's going to start coming back once a month on the fourth Thursdays of the month. So these that's uh, that's great. You're going to have uh, a regular cast of characters. They'll be like an intellectual version of Sesame Street. People will know who to count on. <laughs> well, I, I, I like it. I, I, I like it a lot because I, I think it helps build, uh, you know, relationship type stuff between, between, uh, well, us and our listeners out there. And, and well, it, it does. Quick digression on that <clears throat> because I'm older. By the way, I apologize for my voice. I've gotten over a cold that lasted for about 24 hours because I follow the Zelenko protocol. So it's the seventh time I've had a cold in two years, and they all died in the crib. But I do have a little bit of a scratchy voice. But um, so I'm I'm older, right? And uh, every two weeks, Newsweek used to have on its back page George Will's column. And back before George Will lost his mind, I was a big fan. And uh, so I didn't subscribe to Newsweek. But every two weeks, I'd go to the local newsstand and buy a copy because I knew that I could count on that, right? And I think that that's good for whether it's readers at the human events platform who know a certain writer will show up on a certain day of the week or a show like yours. It just gives something people look forward to. And they say, wow, I like that particular person. They make sure they turn it, tune in. So I think it's great. 
Not to mention, nobody out there really wants to listen to me talk to my, by myself for two hours. That's no fun. I don't, I don't know. You got a pretty good voice. I always, I'm always told that I have a face made for radio and a voice made for print. So uh, <laughs> I try not to take that personally, but it's really hard. Well, let's talk uh, human events. Um, right at the top, you, there's an opinion piece by Charlie Kirk. Don Lemon outrage exposes the vile hypocrisy of liberal feminism. I, <laughs> that, right. What do you have to do to get fired at uh, at, at CNN? Like, seriously, this well, guy had the like you know biggest, highest rated show on their network at prime time gets demoted. From prime time to the morning show, and I don't care who you are, that's a demotion. And right, and the the ratings on the the morning show are tanking, and then he comes out and talks about when women are past their prime. And by the way, since when does a gay guy know anything about a woman's prime? Well, maybe they know more than straight guys do. I'm not sure how to answer that question. Uh, look, I, I have a really sort of a biased view here with regard to this because I'll be honest. So I'm in the news business, right? And people will say, so who do you watch? You know, who do you watch on TV? And my answer, embarrassingly or not, is nobody. I mean, I'm not – I think that most of the people – that wind up on any of the national news platforms, uh, they, they're they a combination of, you know, like TV news anchors who are typically mindless people who look good but read well, or flamethrowers either in either direction. And you don't get a lot of intelligent commentary from anybody. By the way, that's on team right or team left. I mean, I haven't watched Fox News since they got rid of Bill O'Reilly. I, I literally haven't, uh, and in my home, it's parental control blocks, so nobody can watch it, and I won't. I won't give them the code, and um, you know, it's just so offensive to me because I I loved O'Reilly, and I I loved his. I thought he was really intelligent and uh, and and very matter of fact, right? So he was he was good at getting to the point, and uh, nobody really pushed him around, so he was able to stand up on any issue, and I like that, but. Um, you know, most of these people are just a form of glorified idiot mixed with flamethrower. And I don't even know why people pay much attention to them. And the fact that they do, the final thought on it, is kind of sad. Because what the American people have lost is their ability to just read a news story and process it with their own mind, knowledge, critical thought, and skepticism. And instead, they tune into somebody that they want to have tell them what to think that's tomorrow that and day. that is it I mean, for it's us kind of like today. well if don lemon says this well then that's what i'm going to follow what don lemon says and that kind of makes you a lemon uh so i don't know i'm i'm always a little tiny bit cynical and dark on uh, on on the uh transformed american mind because i don't know what it's transformed into but whatever happens to him over at cnn uh, you know god love them for whatever they decide to do and I, I do think it's fun also when people get hoist on their own petard of wokeism and political correctness, and all of a sudden they cross somebody else on their own political team, one of the other platoons, and then everybody turns on them. It's like in a sports locker room when somebody goes too far, maybe they offend the star quarterback, and all of a sudden they're traded, right? 
And, right. and so that's, that's what's at work here. It's sort of a team mentality and um, we'll see what happens to them. Well, you're, you're <clears throat> right. People have pretty much lost all ability to think for themselves. We all tune into different news shows. Not all, apparently you don't, but we right. tune into different news shows and expect to be told what to think. And that is not the way it should happen. It should be, you know, these are the facts and, you know, make up your own opinion. That's how it's supposed to work. But for whatever reason, we've allowed our media to, to pick a side and we haven't called them out on it until recently. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's the sad part about journalism today. And it's one of the things that, uh, people don't necessarily realize because they're in denial about it. So if you ask the typical person to say, do you want biased news or do you want just straight unbiased news? I can't prove this, but I bet you nine out of 10 people would say, oh, I want straight unbiased news. No, they don't. Uh, Their viewing preferences, the traffic patterns they have to websites indicates that they want anything but that. They do want to have stories focused on and written in a way that supports their preconceived notion. You know, there's the, I just drew a blank on it, but there's the news station that's launched that WGN was a part of that's, you know, supposed to be independent and, and just, you know, just straight news. And I apologize that I'm drawing a blank on the name all of a sudden. That's the old age part, but it's doing poorly it's just it's a disaster because nobody wants it and um so you know people will tell you one thing but their behavior indicates something else and so you know people go to our platforms post-millennial or human events they're gonna see you know factually we get it right but you can recognize that the writing has a slant to drive them in a particular direction uh, you know, the Charlie Kirk piece, that's an opinion piece, right? So that is what it is. But on the news side, if you just try to write straight news, um, you're going to wind up having a problem. Well, not to mention, I mean, for the most part, straight news is usually boring. Um, and right. And you're right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. People, they, they have their preconceived notions and they want to watch or listen to whatever or even read people that that confirm those preconceived notions but i have to say you know i've written two very short books and i i tried to be as neutral as i possibly could in them and that is really hard to do and you know i thought i did a pretty good job and then i i said okay whatever and i published it and then i read it later and i'm like oh my god that's right wing bias like it's clear Right. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, you said something really interesting. Think about it this way. People find it boring because they want to be entertained by what's on the outside of them instead of what's going on on the inside of them. So it wouldn't be boring if you read straight news, if you were entertained by what happened inside your own mind after you read it. Right. So what we should be entertained by is what am I doing with what I just read? You know, that the thought process it's triggering, 
what is that doing for me, right? It should be entertaining for us, but it's not. Uh, people want to be uh, entertained externally and they don't mm -hmm. want to have to seriously contemplate it. So me, I try to get as entertained as I can inside my little tiny brain and um, leave the rest of it, you know, to somebody else. And, you know, I just, that, that's my wish for your audience. Be, be self-entertained and uh, think about it and play with it inside your own head instead of listening to how somebody else played with it in theirs. Of course, here we are talking about things and we want people to be entertained by us. Right. Uh, so uh, I got to be careful. You know, it's, I, I don't know who coined the term, but the term infotainment, that's what the news has become. And you're absolutely right. They want to be entertained by what they're watching. And yeah, they you know if they get some news in the process, that's good too. Right. Yep. That's, that's how it is. And so you have to play to that, right? Because if you're a, if you're a media platform and you want to survive, you got to make some money. And if you're going to make money, you got to have traffic because you're going to get advertising revenue from the traffic you get or from the subscriptions you have or both. Right. And so people won't subscribe if they're not, you know, going to be entertained that way, as you put it. And then uh, and advertisers won't pay if you don't have the traffic to your platform. So at the end of the day, we're all we're all caught up in this. And then I guess if you're if you're driven to provide intellectual and thoughtful honesty, you, you try to find other ways to do it. You know, for me, I, I enjoy very much coming on a show like yours because it's a chance, as I view it, it's a chance for me to be thoughtful. And, and I like to be thoughtful. It doesn't mean I'm any good at it, by the way. But, <laughs> but I do like to try to be thoughtful, and I think that's fun. I, I agree. And what I try to do in my writing and, and in, uh, in this show is, is to, to make people think a little bit. And hopefully think a little differently. You know, mm -hmm. I consider myself a constitutionalist, and I think that like 90% of our government, our federal government, is unconstitutional. So I, I try to get people thinking like, you know, why is the federal government involved in education? It's not mentioned in the Constitution anywhere. Mm -hmm. And if right. we, as people, if we wanted our federal government involved in education, then... Um, maybe we need a constitutional amendment giving them the authority to do so. Instead, they just create departments and do it. Right. Well, well, humans are really, really good at finding workarounds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and a, a great example of that that everybody can relate to is the tax code. So every time we change the tax code, a whole bunch of lawyers and a whole bunch of accountants get together with businesses and individuals <clears throat> and they'll say, okay, here's what it says. Now, if we do this, we'll still be okay, uh, but and we won't be violating anything. And it might not be what they were thinking of when they wrote it, but we can still do this, right? We all know that everybody does that with the tax code. Mm -hmm. Even regular average Americans have their CPAs help them with uh, something that might be, uh, you know, related to um, uh, their different deductions they can take. And so they say, well, with the law, you can probably do this. We've had over 200 years to come up with constitutional workarounds. Yep. And, and that's that's what we have been doing. I mean, I make the argument 
when people talk about, um, you know, they, there's always this notion that liberals want to get rid of the Constitution because it's too constraining. Uh, I make a different argument, I think, on some level. And, and I'm not I'm sort of seriously suggesting this. and I'm sort of not. But I do think maybe we ought to get rid of the Constitution. The problem is we can't trust the people who would redo it. And the right. reason I say we might need to get rid of it is because it's outdated. And, you know, when you put together a document in the 1700s when there's literally no technology and you move into 2023 where we've moved into this fully connected, instantly connected entire world universe and with all of the technology that exists, the idea that there's enough safeguards and restraints and impediments in a 1700s document to handle 2023 is kind of naive, and, and also those workarounds, those 200 plus years of workarounds have taken their toll. So if we had a group of trustworthy people and we don't, uh, we could put them to work on saying, OK, give us back the natural law, liberty of the enlightenment that our founding fathers were trying to give us, but give it to us in the context of the 21st century. Uh, that would be a great project, but I'm not suggesting it because we don't have enough good people around to do it. I agree. Let's see what uh, David in San Fran has to say on line one. Oh, yeah, Howard. You know, I, uh, first of all, got to disagree with the last guy that was talking. Uh, he was saying liberals were trying to get rid of the Constitution. That's far from it. Big money is trying to get rid of the Constitution, and I can't say that uh, liberals are particularly big money. Uh, but I was more uh, sparked a call when you were talking about uh, infotainment. <clears throat> now, I'm old enough to remember when uh, I, I got my FCC license. I started in radio when I was 15 years old. And when I turned 16, I got my FCC third-class radio telephone with a broadcast endorsement. And when I signed it, I swore that I would not be uh, lying, uh, you know, when I put together a news broadcast. I would not give false information to the public. Now, infotainment is something that Rupert Murdoch came up with. And he tricked America into trying to uh, turn broadcasts into a for-profit. Now, in, uh, when I started, news was always the loss leader. News was the, uh, the thing that was a service to the public. And, uh, and again, it was not supposed to be used to trick the public, and it was not supposed to be used as a for-profit because if you're an honest journalist, you're not supposed to be taking bribes on the side to swing a story toward a big polluter or to swing the story toward somebody who was a cheat or a con artist or a broken, uh, you know, who was selling insurance policies that never paid off. So uh, infotainment is how uh, big money has tricked America into getting uh, inaccuracy in the news. So if I could, I, I love the call and I, I love the uh, uh, disagreement at the start of it. I'd like to start with the first part and, and move to the second part about uh, the infotainment, infotainment piece. So um, one of the things I actually write and lecture about is our, our reckless misuse of labels. So, you know, shame on me for, for not following my own advice. Uh, 
So when I use the term liberals, what I'm really referring to is today's modern team left structure, which tends to be very much collectivist in its orientation. So if you go back to the founding fathers and if you go back to uh, our Constitution, coming straight out of the best of the Enlightenment, there were really two different schools that emerged from the Enlightenment. I mean, I guess there were several, but predominantly we had the one that was born from uh, the English philosopher John Locke, who believed very much in natural law and individual liberty. And then there was the Jean-Jacques Rousseau model that came out of the Enlightenment, which was a more of a democratic with a small d and a more collectivist sort of structure. Now, our founding fathers read Rousseau and they read Locke and they picked Locke. So today's modern day team left member, I say, wants the Constitution gone because they do, because it supports an individualistic style of life and government as opposed to a collectivist model. And they're very much collectivists. And our Constitution stands in their way. So if I'd said it better in the first place, I'd have said it like I just did. And hopefully that clarifies. And, you know, with regard to the actually. Well, I'm uh, I'm sorry to hear. Because both Locke and Rousseau believed in the social contract. And the social contract is, is what big money hates. Well, the social contract, they both were social contract theorists, but they had extraordinarily different ideas about why the social contract was formed and what it was that man was like in a state of nature. I mean, radically different ideas. And, of course, the whole social contract well, theory came to us United from Tom and Hobbes. Stand divided, how does United We Stand, Divided You Fall uh, uh, fit with the social contract? That's what it's all about. And when you start talking about King George III, this rat bastard that was making sure that the 13 colonies, who were basically run like corp company towns, and that they had company script, there were 13 different kinds of company script. New Jersey money wouldn't work in New York. New uh, Delaware money didn't work in Georgia. And that company script was managed by these these lion SOBs, aristocrats, and that they they always sucked the gold back to London and paid us in paper, and we never had the ability to have working capital to uh, to develop our towns and uh, and structures. So the idea of a liberal back then was somebody who said, "Screw the king, uh, we need to have uh, a working capital to de- be uh, to develop our lives." And that's exactly where we are today. And uh, whether or not these uh, phonies, you know, like Elon Musk or uh, all of these oligarchs over in Russia and China, China and Russia are not communists. They're oligarchs. They're they're corporate state, and they're trying to drag us into their corporate state uh, models where rich people tell us what to do. And uh, if you try to get town square to fix their clock or to fix the sidewalks or fix the sewers or stop poison in East Palestine, uh, big money will tell you drop dead. So they hate the idea of, of uh, we the people, and they 
basically fall for their own line and they're basically poisoning themselves and don't want any advice about how to stop poisoning themselves. Right, well, David, well, you, we're going to have to let you go because we only have uh, Brent on for a few more minutes. And we've got another caller. Thank you very much for calling. I agree with you in, in some ways and I disagree with others, which, you know, that's what we're allowed to do. Um, personally, I, 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 I agree that Locke was the right choice. Um, and you add in a little right. bit of, uh, a, a little bit of, uh, I can never remember his first name, Smith. The, the Adam Smith. Adam Smith. I, you know, you throw in Adam Smith and I think you got the perfect system. Um, but yeah, we, the people, individually, collectively, can do just about anything better than our government does. And um, yeah, the government doesn't. Well, the caller, just, just want to say briefly before we go to another caller. I mean, the, the, the caller covered a lot of ground there, and it would be really fun to have a chance to sit with him for hours to go through it. But um, the bottom line is this. The, there's no, first of all, there's never been a communist country. In the in the history of mankind, yeah. uh, likely never will be. Um, there has been a lot of countries that have said they were communist and really used it as clever marketing to sort mm -hmm. of justify that what they were doing is being a bit of utopia. But of course, we know it wasn't. Never been a communist country. Lots of fascist uh, countries. The United States today is really under a fascist economic structure, if you think about it, because we have a strong, powerful central government with large industries joined together to work together to, to set and manage economic, social, and political policy. So that's what we are. We're a fascist nation. We're mildly fascist and going in the wrong direction. But uh, I think, you know, uh, God love him for calling in and sharing his thoughts. And like I said, he covered a lot of ground and just not enough time to cover it all back with him. Right. David, I mean, I loved what you had to say, but we got to we gotta keep it to... to uh, I don't know, smaller scope, I guess, is the way to put it. Short, shorter segments. Uh, Joel in Wisconsin, line three. What you got for us tonight, Joel? Uh, I'm not sure that now is the time to be tampering with the only thing that we have that, that, that protects us from the, what the, the fascist government that's ruining everything. I just, you know, if, if we were out of debt and we were in that war and there was no emergencies and money didn't control the world... Maybe you could take a look at the Constitution and then and, and try to improve on it a little bit with with some common sense. But uh, in in I, this day and age, there's it's not the time. I, Giving I up what I, you got. I, I don't think anybody is seriously uh, suggesting that we we need to give up the Constitution. Um, I think at most, you know, a, an amendment here and there for certain little tiny things might be a good idea. Um, but yeah, no, nobody wants. Brent and I don't want to get rid of the Constitution. Right. right. The right. reason his early, Brent's earlier point that there's nobody around smart enough to do it. That's right. So I agree with that. What yeah. I, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, to be clear, so nobody else in your audience thinks I'm some form of an anarchist. Uh, what I'm saying, to be very clear, is that our Constitution, as written, is, I, I feel almost inarguably, outdated. Outdated because of abuse and outdated because of the times in which we live, providing a different structure than what existed at the time it was written. I'll give you one specific example of that. If you read the Federalist Papers and you read Madison, who wrote about factions, we all know he wrote about factions, one of the things he did in the Federalist Papers is dismissed the minority. He said, we don't have to worry about the minority. 
the majority will take care of them. Well, what 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 has changed? And by the way, he said, look, hard for folks to get together. Miles separate them in this large country. And it's so hard for them to come together and unify. And we have the different states. Well, now we have a system of communication where you can sit in your basement in your underwear and communicate with everybody in the world instantly. And so what's happened is that factions have been allowed to form rapidly and powerfully. And here's another thing we know from history, and this is inarguably true, that great changes in history are not made by majorities. They're made by minorities. And we have given minorities, focused minorities, the ability to organize and come together and act in a way uh, that never could have been dreamt of during the time of our founding fathers. So that element alone suggests that when it was written, there's a problem with it today. And no, I'm not saying we should throw it out because, again, there's nobody around honest enough to fix it. But it's a problem. That's right. Okay, well, That's Brian, everybody it is, uh, you know, we're, com- we're coming right up to the break. Got to let you go. Joel, thank you very much for your call. Can I say something real quick? It, We've got uh, less than 30 just... seconds. Okay. In, in the last week, there's been three other programs that have been talking about doing something about the Constitution. So maybe that's that's been bothering me, and I kind of took it out on this guy. But I'm just <laughs> telling you, on RBN, three other programs, two over the weekend and one last Thursday. I, I'm, I am probably the, the, hev- the strictest, heaviest constitutionalist on the network. You'll never hear me say get rid of the U.S. Constitution. I think it's one of the most perfect documents ever bent by human hands. Frank, thank you very much for joining us. We will see you next month. Everybody go to humanevents.com and check out the great work there. And uh, coming up on the other side of the break, we've got uh, David Summerall from uh, Stop Hate and the J6 Prisoner Fight and all those kinds of things. Be back in about three minutes. I've been sleeping on a my pillow pillow for years, and a couple of years ago, I tried the my pillow towels, soft and absorbent, wonderful bath towels. Recently, I got the my Giza Dream Sheets, and they are by far the best quality bed sheets I've ever owned. And while the quilt is pretty awesome too, new products being added all the time at mypillow.com, including sandals and slides and pajamas and well everything that you need for sleeping. Use the code Lighthouse at MyPillow.com to save yourself up to 66% off. That's the code Lighthouse at MyPillow.com. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town Like a cancer that silently spreads There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must eat Main Street, Wall Street so I started out this show talking about taxes. 
Then we had uh, Brent come in, and I'm supposed to have Mr. David Summerall here, but he's not here. I don't know if he's coming or not. I don't remember, I don't remember if he confirmed with me before this show. But stuff happens. We all have lives. And, you know, none of us get paid for this, so it is what it is. But I do want to plug his book, or the book that he's hawking. I don't know how much it's his book versus everybody else's book. That's American Gulag Chronicles. You got to get this book. It's uh, it's letters written by the January 6th prisoners. They're, it's their artwork, their drawings, and their stories. And it's it's very interesting, very compelling. And uh, I'm glad I bought it. Let's just put it that way. All of the proceeds from this thing go to help the uh, January 6th prisoners in one way or another. You can find it at stophate.com. Now, that being said, it is the top of the second hour of National Intel, Intel Report Live on Republic Broadcasting Network and Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and hopefully soon, a couple of local talk radio stations. Yeah, I'm trying real hard to get that to happen. And uh, let's see. Oh, we do have Mr. David Sumrall. Free speech is not free. Don't forget to support this network, whatever network you're listening from. Support them however you can. And welcome to the show, Mr. David Sumrall. Yay! I need a I need an applause button. Yeah, I do too. And a, that was easy button and a couple of other things. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to hear what you've got going tonight. What you've been talking about? Well, I started out talking about how taxes are evil and how I'm fighting to uh, save as much of my own money as I can in a little deal that I just uh, I just managed to do. Um, we can get in that if you want to in, in just a bit. But first, I got something I want to show you. Here, let me let me make myself big on the screen. And you're like, what's this? I love that. That is yeah. the uh, is the J6ers Bible right there. That's what that is, man. That's great. I got it just a couple of days ago, and I thought, oh, sweet. It'll, I can show you that I got it. I love this thing. This is a great book. I'm glad. I'm glad that you saw it. I hope that you uh, glean a lot of good information from that. There's some really good uh Really good letters in there that, that tell the story that we can't tell like they can tell it themselves, you know. It's just a matter of getting that out there. So thank you for your support in that. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I told you before, I was kind of disappointed I didn't see um, Kenneth, Harles, uh, Kenneth Harrelson in the book. Yeah. Just because he was the first of the J6 stories that I learned about and I kind of reported on and, and, and latched on to. Um, so, I, of course, I was going through the book looking for them and, went, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everybody, there's, there's hundreds of them. There's like 35 people that are represented in that book, about a year's worth of letters. I wish we could get all the letters. And, of course, you know, with, with the publications the way they are and everything, we had to get permission from these guys to publicize these. We didn't get letters back from everybody you know, in, in a timely manner for what whatever reason. And we've even gotten more, and, and, and I'm sure there will probably be another uh, volume of that. But we're working as well. Tim uh, is working on another book. So it's going to be about the artwork. It's the art of containment. So it's pretty interesting. I think that's what he's going to call it. But it's it'll be a good book, the art, the, the drawings, the – Different some of uh, uh, the artworks in this one, and I, it, you know, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or, I don't want to say bad, but some of it's, um, I don't know, amateurish. Simple. Some Simple. of it is, is really good. good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the expressions, expressions of pain and patriotism, 
take all shapes and forms. And it's really interesting to, to see that expressed, but, uh, you know, that, that's the importance I believe in documenting it and sharing it. And informationally, there's nothing more important than, than those letters from those people at this point in time. So thanks again for, for supporting that and helping us push it out there. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and I think I say it every time you're on the show. I don't care where you sit on the political aisle. The fact that these people sat that long in jail without a trial should piss everybody off. Still happen. Still. And that's the thing. People just don't know what they don't know. And we're just trying to tell them so that when it happens to them, they won't be surprised. Say, hey, it's been happening around you for all this time. People have been sitting in jail for, you know, without due process, without a trial, without a conviction, you know, while they're innocent, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, two years and counting. So this is a great experiment. That well, people that doesn't talk happen about. to us good people. That only happens to those people over there. Yeah, you know, I was talking to uh, Maccabee's wife, Ronald Maccabee's wife. Sarah was on a show with us the other day, and she said it better than anybody I've heard say it yet. It was just, you know, some people just nail it, and it's so simple. And she said, if you were to walk down the middle aisle at church and pick aisle number nine, you know, I don't know why she chose nine. It could have been 10 or 11 or three. I don't care. But she says, just choose aisle number nine. That's a cross-section of who's in the jail right now. It's not bad people, mainly churchgoers, but ex-veterans, ex-law enforcement, plumbers, carpenters, you know, just regular salt-of-the-earth people that, that if you went down and just picked the aisle out of church, that would be the, the kind of example of who is sitting there. And I don't know if you saw, but there's just a video that's come out from inside the jail you need to go look that up. It's on all our social media as well. And they're singing the national anthem and praying. And, you know, it's a real sight to see these guys still the love of country, the patriotism, the love for God and the love for people is keeping them alive. So that's I love this country. I think it's the, the best country to ever grace the planet. You know, of course we have our faults, we have our problems, sure. we, you know, sure. but I, I still think it's the best country to ever grace planet earth. I don't know if I would feel that way two years after being in prison for trying to help somebody. That's what I always say, man. They're more patriotic. I would be so bitter and angry and mad and forgotten and left out. And for some reason, these guys are like, you know, we're in it for the people. They're they're the founding fathers material that I keep telling everybody that they didn't choose this either. They didn't step into it knowing they would be political hostages they just went for the right reasons at the right time for the right thing and got thrown into a a situation that they have since embraced and said you know this is our hill this is the place where we make our stand and you know we're not going to bend the knee we could easily get out of this denounce trump take a plea and make it all go away and we could be home in six or eight months but instead they say we're not going to take it we're going to go 12 years 20 years whatever it is and we're not going to bend the knee to the tyrants that are trying to get their their blood points, you know. So it's an amazing journey for these people. And, and, and I think when people realize the, the original election auditors, that's like these guys getting in a boat and going across that icy river, you know, just like Washington. There's no difference. And now they're, you know, into their neck, up to their neck in the water. And it's deep and they just need the support and a lifeline. And uh, that's what we try to provide them every single day, you know, from from my team, from StopHate.com. We're, you know, digging through that video, trying to find the evidence needed for their court cases. And uh, it's a very uh, it's not a thankless job. It's a very greatly thanked job. It's an unknown job. People don't know the behind the scenes work that goes into digging through this 
government footage to find these defendants, to track them, to show where they were and what they did and didn't do. That's mainly what the court likes to do is show these charging documents and, and these certain instances that look a certain way. But when you, you show them the whole day and you show before, during and after, it changes the story. And, you know, it, it's hard to overcome the narrative of what the police were saying around them and what the people were doing. So, I mean, it's it's very necessary that we continue to do this. But, you know, I, I don't think many people realize that when we do, we learn more about the details of the story every single day as well. And the amount of brutality and carnage toward the people from the police and you know, I, I just think the people would be so aghast if they knew the level. And it, it worries me about the video coming out. Honestly, if that if that bulk of video that McCarthy keeps talking about hit the public, you know, I'm afraid we would bring back tar and feathers. You know, it, it would, <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, you know, I don't either, but I don't want to be responsible for that, you know, because it's going to look bad for somebody that starts and opens the can of tar and grabs the pillow. But I'm just saying after that, you know, I, I will probably sit and watch because it's what a lot of people honestly deserve. Uh, drug out on a rail, however you do all that stuff. And, and I'm all for it. But, you know, legally and, and, you know, governmentally, we look like the bad guys until that mm -hmm. tipping point. And, and I'm sorry that we do, but we're not. And that's what people need to understand. And no better way to show that than the deaths on January 6th, who was responsible for all of them. And then to overcome that narrative, uh, the lies about Officer Sicknick's death, you know, that he was bludgeoned to death or whatever. So that's been my mission and focus is to get the truth out. We've we've really had a great success in it, man. I can't say that everybody should know Roseanne Boylan's name and yeah. everybody who, who can stomach it needs to watch that video. That is yes. horrible. Well, they need to show their congressman and their senator in person and hold the phone up and say, have you seen this? This is Roseanne Boylan. And then at the end of it, say, does this look like a drug overdose to you? And of uh -huh. course it does not. Right. And then you say, okay, then you need to report this as something other than a drug overdose. 18 U.S. Code subsection 4 says if you know about a felony cognizable by the court and you don't report it as soon as possible, you go to jail for three years. So I have a cell phone in my pocket. You probably have a cell phone in your pocket. Which phone would you like to use to make that phone call as soon as possible? Let's go ahead and get this done. Or I can walk you down to the jail where you can sit for three years for not reporting this as something other than natural causes or a drug overdose. That's how simple it is to me. But the enforcement of that is what I'm having issues with. It may be correct and it may be true that the majority of our politicians know that these weren't natural causes and drug overdose, but holding them accountable and putting them in jail for that is a totally different thing. Four people died on the Capitol grounds that day, all four of them at the hands of law enforcement. Yes, yes. Benjamin Phillips. Sarah in Oregon on line one. I think it was line Hi. one. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Um, before before I get to my topic that I want to touch on, um, a former Mojo host, Dominic Izzo, lost his mother on Saturday. So please send his send your prayers and your thoughts to him. And here's the second part. Here's the second thing. We need to have justice for January 6th. Thank you. Bye. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your call, Sarah. Absolutely right. Absolutely. And, and we will. Prayers for Dominic, Dominic Izzo, of course. Nobody uh, is ever prepared for the day that they lose their mother. And uh, I do know Dominic. And, yeah, prayers for Dominic, please. Amen. Mm. Yeah.
justice for January 6th. Absolutely. This, again, I, I say it every time. No matter where you stand on the political spectrum, even if you thought that January 6th was an attempted insurrection, it doesn't justify violating the Constitution and federal law in, in the spirit of what is to be American to the, to the people that, even if they're guilty. It's not how we do things in this country, or at least it's not how we're supposed to do things in this country. That's right. Not supposed to and do or two different things in this government. And that's the sad thing, you know, and, and people think, oh, it could never happen to me like we we're talking about. Oh, the good people, it wouldn't happen. But then just go to your school board meeting and ask about CRT or, or just go say something about the border or, or ask about that balloon, you know, and see if the FBI didn't come bang on your doors. You just can't speak out against these people or they'll lock you away. And that's the test market is the J6er. And, and they're just testing to see how much we'll take and how long we'll let them sit there and, and how long are we going to tolerate this torture to American citizens, you know, and, and we had another suicide. People will never hear about this in the news. We had another J6er suicide just a few weeks ago. I just heard about it. It will not be publicized. It will not be marketed, but it's real. I've never heard any of them talk well, about on mainstream media, and I know there's been several. Seven. Seven that we know of, that we know of, and, and that not does not include the four police. And these are people outside of the support system. So we have a support group for J6ers that are incarcerated or in court that we know about, that we've found. But there's so many people out there that are still hiding, still thinking the FBI is going to kick their door open. We're still doing outreach to these people to try to save them. The whole entire weight of the federal government is on their shoulders. I talked to a guy this last week. He's just going into court here in a few days for his sentencing, for all that. They're going to put him away for 18 months. And he said, David, I never knew about any of these groups like yours until like a few weeks ago. I never knew. And he said, I believe that if I had known and we could have all worked together for longer, we could have really done something in my case. He said, but now I'm, you know, a casualty. I'm just going to go and do my time because some people don't survive. Some people end up POWs. He said, this is mine. I'm going to be a POW. And, and how sad to just accept that and know that, gosh, man. If I'd known about these groups and the research they were doing and the help they could give, maybe it could have been different, but it's not. So we've got to do a better job of getting the word out, let these people know they're not alone, they're not forgotten, they're not hated and despised. We understand because they're sitting there saying, we didn't do anything wrong, but nobody's going to believe me. I'm going to lay low and hope that it goes by. But they live every day, get past 6 a.m., and the FBI hasn't come. I got another day. You know, and that's a crappy way to live. I, I guarantee so many of us talk about that very situation that we all experience every day on the outside. It's it's a sad world. Oh, whatever we can do to support anybody who's involved in January 6th, I'm there to support anybody that wants to come on the show and talk anything. I'm here. I'll so, line you up, man. I will line you up. We got stories to tell. Definitely. We need to tell those stories. And... I don't know. There's just so many of them that are in jail. Like, I, I go back to Kenneth Harrelson again because it's a story I know. Yeah. Like, he was asked to enter the Capitol to help someone. Yes. And and then was arrested for being inside the Capitol. 
it's ridiculous. Well, he's, you know, being an oath keeper, he's there to protect. He's there to defend. He's there to help. And that's what they did. I've got multiple videos of them helping the police, leading them up and down the stairs, taking them inside where their friends were trapped, all the stuff the oath keepers did. The oath keepers protected Officer Dunn in the crypt. Mm -hmm. Officer Dunn that was screaming and cussing and going crazy. They protected him from other, quote, agitators that were some crazy people yelling bad things at him for real. So they they acted as a, a protection force for him. And then he threw everybody under the bus and 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 didn't mention the Oath Keepers protect him, of course. And they wouldn't no. let that in court. And then, of course, he said, oh, they called me the N word. It hurt my big feelings. Nobody's found that on video, including myself. And we have followed Dunn around all day. I've never heard one person use any off-color language like that. So it's amazing. It's amazing to lies. I'm tired of this hurting my feelings crap. Oh. What language you use? Oh, well, get over it. Put on your big boy pants. That's right. That's right. Some people look at me as a leftist and say, stop hate. I said, there's more than one way to stop hate. There's the easy way and, the, and then there's the fun way. So you don't know people's history. You don't know their past. You don't know what they're capable of or what they might enjoy more than the peaceful route. So be careful when you run down that road and swing your stick at me and stuff. It's like, come on, man. That's fun. There's a couple different ways we can do this. I would it's all about perspective. Yeah, uh, so much of life is about perspective. And I don't remember if I shared this story with you before. Um, it's, it's a story out of, uh, Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Did I ever mention that to you before? No, I should read it, though. It's a great book. A little itty-bitty short book. It's part of why I like it. It's it's old. I think it's from the 1970s. It, Stephen Covey went around, and he studied some of the richest, most successful people in the in the world, and he found seven things that they almost all had in common, and he wrote them into a book. Wow. One of the things that he talked about was perspective. A successful person is able to see the other side, is able to switch their perspective and, and, and come at a problem differently. And one of the examples, the story in the book that I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've told this, my version of this, my reiteration of it. Right. So imagine you're, you're on a subway in New York City and you're sitting there and a guy comes in and he's got two kids and the guy sits down and he puts his head in his hands. And he's just sitting there and his kids are running up and down the hall, you know, the middle of the subway. And what's going through your mind? What do you think? Get them under control. Whip them. Get them. Tell them to sit down. Get your freaking kids. Yeah. And they're running up and down, running up and down, running up and down. And so eventually one of the kids runs into an old lady and the guy sitting there, you know, grabs the kid and grabs the guy, the, the man, who, you know, the dad and says, you need to get your kids under control. Dad says, I'm really sorry. I don't know what to do right now. We've just left the hospital and we lost her mother. Yeah. Or lost their mother. Now what's going through your mind? All of a sudden you went from get your freaking kids under control to, oh my God, how can I help you? Yes, exactly. You don't know what somebody else is going through and you have to be willing to at least try to understand the other perspective. And these Oath Keepers, that's exactly, they, they went there with the goal of helping. That's right. Helping the police, helping defend, helping keep order. The whole concept of the Oath Keepers is, you know, I swore an oath to the Constitution. I'm going to keep my oath. 
And that's what they went there for. Yeah. How is that a bad thing? You know, to keep your oath that defended our great country, our great people through our military. And they said, hey, you know, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm ready. I'm still going to serve my people in my country. And, you know, that's what made me mad. The judge censored all those videos we made away from the jury and said, well, it's not the exact same Oath Keepers in every single video. So I'm not going to let the jury see that. Well, I'm thinking, well, aren't all the police supposed to act like police? Mm-hmm. So, so in other words, if if you want to hold that standard, let's just say all the police were bad. They all acted like Metro PD officer Lila Morris that beat Rosanna. Let's just take it from there and say that everything was justified from every single person. That anything, Man, I got in such trouble a couple of weeks ago. I, I gave this speech down in South Texas, and I was having fun with the crowd, you know, that little shock thing that I like to do. And and it started at a young age. I can't even help it anymore. But uh, I got up there and I said, you know, all the police who died or that were murdered on January 6th deserved it. And I said, now, let me tell you, I can say that with all confidence because no police died that day. No police were murdered on January 6th. So and still afterwards, people were coming up to my friend saying he can't talk like that. He can't say things like that about the police. That's not right. He's he should not be. He, he can't say that. And he said, did you hear him? And they said, well, yeah, we heard him. We, he said, were you there? We're like, yeah, we were sitting right there in the car. We heard it ourselves. Well, were you here yesterday? Did you hear me talk? And they said, yeah, we, we heard you talk to He said, then what is wrong with y'all? Have you not heard anything we've said in two days? No police died. Look, I can't help it if people don't get my joke for six months or a year. <laughs> that's not on me. That's on them for being slow. Get with the program, man. And, and that's kind of where I am with the whole thing about just – my side, their side, our side, his side, her side, I don't care. I'm going to start slapping everybody about it because it's a truth. And, and there are people that are in harm's way, die in family, suffering. Kids can't remember what daddy looked like. And I'm sick and tired. And it doesn't have to be a violent thing. It really doesn't. We can get past this. But we have to start somewhere. And we have to take those initial steps. And, and that involves a lot of people, not just a handful and that's what we're trying to do in, in, in buy these people time by, by helping them with their cases, helping these attorneys. It, it's not a very high paying job. I can tell you that it's, it's volunteer time that, that takes away from our livelihoods. It takes away from our lives. And that's something we gladly donate. But I'm telling you right now, I need to do more for these people. There's probably 50 cases that we've had something to do with. There's cases every single week, multiples. I mean, I'm working on them right now. And, and it's just time consuming. I don't have time for my job job. It's off season. It's hard to uh, balance all these things, but we do the best we can. And it's all for these people. So the empathy thing, you know, I was there in, in on January 6th. I'm just one of the blessed one that when the FBI left my house, they didn't take me with them, you know, yet. I could be like any of the other people that they say, when we come back, we're going to take you to jail. They didn't tell me that. And they say I'm not a person of interest, but good grief. I think everybody that was on the grass that day now is a person of interest. So I think, you know, with the 2,000 to 3,000 more arrests, with the carnage that they're trying to get their points, they're trying to make this as as big as 9-11. You know, the body count's not big enough for them. They're trying to get their shock and awe every single day. And it's working. And people don't want to protest. They don't want to go outside. They don't want to speak out. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to do a give, send, go because they're afraid somebody's going to get their name now they're supporting a, a, a supposed terrorist or something you know if that's you're already defeated at that point if that's your mentality and that's it go ahead and lay down and kiss the ring and don't call yourself an american 
because it's not what a patriot does. So, you know, you're not on my friend list, but you can live here for a little while. I, I don't know how this all plays out, man. It, it's just frustrating for me because two years, it's a tiring fight. And there's not a whole lot of people that are in it. And the ones that are, are asking for more help to people that they know and respect. And those people still don't. And, and, and to me, I'm just blown away that, that more people that understand it don't just jump feet first into it like we did. Hey, we're into the break already. Sorry about that. we got to go. Thank you very much, Dave Summerall. StopHate.com. See you next month. If you live stream, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is how this broadcast is being simultaneously sent to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and Rumble. Not only that, but your guests can also pair their video platforms with your broadcast and have your broadcast on your platforms and their platforms all at the same time. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream, and I'll save you $10 off for the premium service that I know you're going to want. That's liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream. I don't know about that. I don't know if I am all right. Anybody who thinks I am all right, I'm not sure that I trust them. Anyway, welcome back to the show. It's the National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse, a couple other places. Uh, David Summerall was just here talking StopHate.com and the January 6th prisoners and stuff, and he's still in the room, so does he want to stay on air? You sticking around for the rest of the show there, David? You know how much longer you got on here? Another half hour. You know, I'll stick around for a few minutes if you don't mind. That's cool. I've got another show coming up in a little bit, but hey, that'll be great. Hey, if you uh, if you got to go, you got to go. You just tell me when. I like your show, brother. I tell you what, the hang out, the call-ins, the whole nine yards, real people on the phone. I like that, man. I like that too. I got to say, I I really do like that. That was one of my favorite things about coming to uh, or joining RBN Republic Broadcasting Network was the fact that it was live call-ins and they have an audience big enough that I actually get calls. That's when great. it was just me doing live stream video and then my show didn't air on the on any radio networks or anything for a couple of days, I, I was really struggling to ever get anybody to call in to the show. And I, I did a couple of shows here on RBN and I've always had callers. I'm like, I freaking like this. It's really and cool. Interacting with callers, you know, it is a call in show. 512 9443 So before you came on well, before Brent came on the first half hour of the show, I was talking about taxes because I just bought my first investment property. Kind of a fluke thing. And like, hey, look, here's a house I can afford. Let's buy it. And I bought it and did a bunch of work for a couple of weeks, and I already sold it. Yeah. And then I was like, well, crap. If you sell something within two years, the capital gains tax is like 28%. It's ridiculously high. Yeah. So one of the things that Brent was talking about was was all of the the workarounds. How everybody, you know, two hundred years we've been finding workarounds to the Constitution. Well, I found a workaround to the capital gains tax, and I and and I I just yeah, it got me thinking about taxes. So instead of taking all the money up front for the sale, I'm 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 owner financing, and the person buying it's going to pay me monthly for you know good long time and i don't have to pay the capital gains tax that way that's good that's well i mean 
I still have to pay capital gains tax. I don't have to pay the overinflated, oh my God, you flipped a house in less than two years penalty tax. I yeah, guess. the double the double tax. Yeah. The double tax, right. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the thing, death and taxes. You know, they say it's avoidable, but I don't know. You know, at the Bible, at the end, it says some people are drawn right up. They don't even die. Maybe we're some of those people. Now, the taxes <laughs> thing, I don't know. Uh, you know, the taxes deal, that's a little different. I, I, I still stick with that old one liner. No taxation without representation. I still hadn't found anybody in the Congress or the Senate or anywhere above my pay grade that looks like me, sounds like me, talks like me, represents me. So I don't think that's – and the other part is I can't pay somebody $34 million more million to come after me. That does not make good business sense. That no. is not – it's a no-brainer. I don't think that even in court that would hold up. You know, why would somebody pay someone else to come after them like that? So hopefully I'm off the hook this time. We will find out. I don't know. I don't know how all that stuff works. I think it's all a crock and a crime, and we're just the subjects at that point. So, yeah. Well, I think property tax is immoral in, t- in its entirety. Pay tax on something you own? Yeah, it makes right. no sense. Yeah, you know, you're paying tax on something that you supposedly own, but if the government can come and take it from you because you didn't pay tax, do you really own it? That's the question. So how's that work, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I, I hadn't seen any tax payments on the Capitol building ever. So maybe we should just go take that. Wait, peacefully. Peacefully. Maybe. Right, let's see here. Note from the producer. Want to try something fun? Of course I want. I just want to try something fun, Mike. Party hats? Party hats. Uh, the next caller who goes, who gets on air, it's a free RBN t-shirt. What? Awesome. Let me call. What's the number again? Hang on. I'm going to call. <laughs> so the next caller who actually makes it through and gets on air live, it's a free RBN t-shirt. 512-248-8252. That is a <laughs> fun game. I like games. I, I like games. I've ever had a infrastructure enough behind me to to try something like that. That's fun. That is good. Hey, next time, listen, tell people what am I on in a month again? Yep. We need to have some 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 questions lined up, man. Let's let's tease it up real good and get some real interaction. People that want to know the real stuff about J Six, you know, and and I and I just gotta say. I just got to say that the, the media right now is a, a real laughable thing. You know, you're getting articles from people that haven't seen the the video database and they're writing articles on what you're going to see if you can see it. Mm-hmm. And, right. and you've got everyone telling you their version. But uh, guys, it's a lot different. It's a lot. Well, I can't remember which which one of the uh, right side political commentators, Glenn Beck, maybe. I don't know. One of them, one of them had written a book and the book wasn't even out yet. And there were already reviews, you know, bashing his book. He's like, nobody has it yet. How y'all do that? That's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't understand. Yeah, there were already reviews about January 6th, too, before we ever got off the property. So, yeah, kind of same thing, I think. It's all connected somewhere. I don't, I don't see a pattern or anything at all, at all. No, nothing at all like that. Hey, wait. Another note from the producer: uh, These two callers were already I'm already online, so they don't count for the free T-shirt. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry, Danny in Tennessee. You don't get a free T-shirt, but welcome to the show. Oh wait, I gotta, I got you hidden. Sorry about that. Welcome, Danny. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Okay, yeah, just calling in about what you were talking about the taxes and how unreasonable and unfair they seem to be. Uh, at the at the start of the show, you were bringing that up, and I just yeah. 
let you know that there's another RBN host you might want to talk with about some information to help take care of some of those things and quite a few others. Uh, Roger Sales on a Sunday at 5 o'clock, I think, and he's other places uh, every other day of the week, too. I, I was I was aware he was here Sunday, and uh, of course we know the name. Um, there's a lot of things you could do, and, and I just... I just want to put it out there. I just want to talk about it. I don't pay all of those taxes. I pay a lot of them, but I don't pay all of them. I've, I've never had to deal with capital gains tax until a couple of days ago. So that was uh, that's what got me thinking about it. And uh, I, the fact that we have to hide or whatever and all this kind of stuff, that that's the problem. It shouldn't be that difficult. We shouldn't have a, I don't know, what, 30,000-page tax code or whatever it is. <laughs> Can't even keep up. Thanks for the call, Danny. Let's move on to Pat in Fort Worth, line three. Sorry, you don't count for the free T-shirt either because you were already on the line. Welcome, Pat. Hi. Uh, well, I've been out there rebuking our 80-mile-an-hour wind, so I've had to come back. I don't know what I missed. But uh, since you went back to the beginning, uh, you were talking about the uh, tax. And the fair tax, see, that would eliminate all the other taxes. That right. That is that is coming up lately. I guess you might have mentioned that. They've been I discussing did. that. It's been around for quite a while, but under G.W. Bush, it wasn't going to go anywhere. Nobody has the courage to tell you that the 16th Amendment never passed. That's where the uh, the law that never was by Bill Benson. It's, it's illegal. But the 16th Amendment I, was illegal. Never passed. I've heard that argument, and and I've I've looked at it. You're not the first to mention it. Um, the the whole idea was, you know, it was passed, uh, you know, December 23rd, I think it was. With it didn't have there weren't enough uh, senators um, there to, to to have a quorum. As far as the and, and I don't know. Yeah, we I know, but. Uh, they don't know. Nobody realized when the 27th Amendment passed. Uh, they went by on, see, it, it, it's every time they've ever called for an amendment to the Constitution, you can't take it back, okay? So they had oh, so many states. So this dude from Boston, he went around and he got enough states to pass it. And, and voila, this is the uh, 27th Amendment. Yeah. So it, we can't change the Constitution. We can amend the Constitution. We don't have to have a whole Constitutional Convention and throw the baby out with the bathwater and then hope that some will have another baby or something. I don't know. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> You're absolutely <laughs> but, right, Pat. Thank you very much for calling in. Um, well, so the 27th thing? Amendment the 27th Amendment was almost the First Amendment. It was, it was in the original Bill of Rights um, and uh, it, it did not get ratified until somebody was writing their doctoral thesis or something like that in in the early 90s and came across it and and got the, got enough states to ratify it to get it passed you're absolutely right thanks for your well, call as always Pat. he just wanted to prove he just wanted to prove that it could be done i think so from now on watch out well most oh, of them most of them written since then have a have a time clause in it that says it has to be ratified within seven years. Most, not all, but back in the well, uh, back in the 18th ask, century, they didn't put that in there. You ask, what should I do about uh, uh, this fact that I have this blah blah? Well, you know, I think that it would really be nice 
if you would actually rent that back to those old people. <laughs> They're paying rent right now. I have found that old people, they do not they, want they, they sold the house because they couldn't deal with the stairs in the house anymore, Pat. Well, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, there are people uh, that, uh, good people, uh, women that have ba- uh, are pregnant with a baby, and they don't have a place to live or anything. And the old people, they love to have kids around. So they could live downstairs, and and, uh, and uh, that lady could take care of them, and they would have grandkids to play with. Maybe they don't really <laughs> they have. Already, they already have grandkids. Yeah. That like doesn't that. work for you, but we love you, Pat. Got to let you go. We've got three more callers on the line, and we're going to run out of time before we get to them. Welcome to the show, David in Michigan. Line number three, you are the big winner of the free T-shirt. Cool, man. Thank you. Um, so I called you before. I told you about uh, my friend uh, getting locked up in uh, California, and he uh, he had six felony charges. They held him for seven months, and then my friend Charlie Danielson in Colorado wrote uh, Constitution 101, and he they sent uh, his my friend uh, Ronald, who was the the uh, guy that got locked up. His friend Rod in Oregon, who actually just lost his wife, he did the paperwork of Charlie's, and he sent it in on his behalf, on Ronald's behalf, to the Department of uh, the DOJ in California, the Clerk of Court, and the House Committee on Judiciary in Washington, and they released him. They dropped all charges, um, and... uh, this paperwork, I I think I talked to you about it to, for your J6ers. Um, you know, Charlie said he was going to try and uh, work with somebody to help get them guys out with that paperwork, and it's all constitutional. And, uh, you know, if you write down his – he's got a new website. It's livingsovereign.org. Check that out, and there may be something there to help get – these men released, men and women, I guess. There's women, too, right? Yes. And then I like also the name of that, website. Uh, it's livingsovereign.org. I said I like the name of his new website. Oh, good. I got you. I, you're a little uh, low. I need to turn up my phone. <laughs> I forgot to do that. Um, anyway, um, he also has a way to become a national which is constitutional. And then, uh, you know, taxes are voluntary. And, uh, you know, the property tax thing, it, that's, a, that's another hurdle that he hasn't tackled yet. But Roger Sales on this network also has a process to become a national. And taxes are, uh, you know, when you, when you become that national, you get your uh, passport card, uh, and then you, uh, you send in your, your declaration or your affidavit uh and you notify the the uh, irs that you're no longer a u.s citizen um and uh you know you're only responsible for two taxes and that's if you work for the railroad or if uh i can't remember what the second one was but uh it's all in roger's website uh and that would be exposethematrix.com exposed TheMatrix.com. Check that out. I see, and, uh, I see Mr. David Summerall over here taking notes as you're talking there, David. Yeah, I'm up in. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. 
So yeah, look up Charlie Danielson and 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 you guys work together to get them men released. Uh, you know, and I'll tell you what. Now this is my own personal feeling on that J six stuff. I'm legally blind, and if I would have been able to be there, I would have. But I think that we blew our our real only opportunity to take back our country. That was on January 6th. We had the people there, and we had Donald Trump there, although he left. Um, I, I think we could have taken these uh, these these criminals, um, and uh, you know, it, it may not have been uh, a cakewalk, but uh, I think if everyone had gone there to be prepared for that, we wouldn't be where we're sitting right now. Let's say you men. I agree with you. I think we wouldn't be in the same spot, but everybody forgot their guns. We didn't know we were going for that. So we, <laughs> we were underprepared. <laughs> well, we should have known ever. better, right? Yeah. We should have known better. Because <laughs> we're dealing with known, known liars and criminals. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a truth. You're absolutely right, David. But that's this is all things like if you listen to the other side media, if you listen to you know CNN or main or MSNBC or any of the you know left leaning media out there, you think that the J6ers were armed with firearms, right. and that everybody who died there was a was a cop who died at the hands of a protester. Right. Neither just true. There were zero firearms confiscated anywhere near right. the Capitol that day. And all four people who died died because of the actions of a police officer or more. Thank you very much for your call, Dave. I gotta move on. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Matt in Tennessee, line number nine. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, sure, thanks for calling. The the prior caller kinda stole my thunder a little bit. He also uh, stole your T-shirt, man. <laughs> oh, man, it's a bummer. I, I was hoping for a T-shirt, but uh, that's okay. Um, yeah, I was I was going to you know, talk about the tax issue, taxes being voluntary, and, and you can volunteer out. Uh, the first step is to get your citizenship evidence on file yeah, at the but, Secretary okay. of State of the United States in the form of a... Uh, I get it. You can, you can volunteer out of... That, that gets you out of income tax. That doesn't get you out of the fact that you're paying corporate income tax on everything that you buy. You're still going to pay gasoline tax when you fuel up your car. You, there, there's a lot of taxes that you can't volunteer out of because they're built into everything. Death. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah. Now, once you uh, become a national, uh, that's when the work really starts. It, you know, freedom isn't free. Because you got to notify all the agencies, you know, you got to notify the IRS. And, and I've heard some dialogue about how you can get out of paying sales tax, but it, it, then you're dealing with the state, the agency there, and I'm not exactly sure how to do that. And, and like with property taxes, you know, you can get a lodial title, you have to raise your land patent, and I think post it at the property records office uh, for a period of time. Uh, but all these things require a lot of time and study. Uh, but the first step is real easy to do. And uh, it's it's a little bit rigorous to understand, though. Well, you know, that this this little trick they, they've pulled on the United States is uh, pretty elaborate. 
uh, with the 13th and 14th Amendment. You know, the 13th Amendment allows, by omission, voluntary servitude. Okay. I don't know about that. I, I'm not exactly sure And that's sure what they did. They put us in a, in a state of voluntary servitude. And then, then everybody agrees with them every time they're asked. If you're ever like asked if you're a citizen and a resident, you say yes and sign something. You just agreed to the fraud. I did it for <laughs> 60 years. Wow. Or most of 60 years. Uh, mm. You know, after I was 18, of course. But, right. uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, Quite an elaborate fraud they put on us, but yeah, it's it's voluntary, and you can volunteer your way out. Starts with the Secretary of State, and then putting the IRS on notice. I've heard, I've actually heard of people doing it in Canada. One of my one of my uh, fellow radio hosts who does a show out of Alberta um, did did that as a Canadian. He he cut him he cut himself free of of the Canadian government and became a you know the equivalent of a national. Um, I've I've heard lots of people say they can do it and how to do it and it you know it's a lot of work and it's fine. That doesn't fix the problem. Even oh. even if that's all true, it doesn't fix the problem. It just you know helps you or me or whoever the one person is that does it. Well, then that's some of the, one of the things I've come to a conclusion of. Um, you know, freedom is not a group activity. Freedom is an individual activity. That's true. And uh, you have to do it one-on-one. Mm-hmm. One. You know, you, you come into this world. The, the, the three most important, or the three words that control the world are all persons born. They, use, they put us in a feudal system. And uh, when you come out of mama's birth canal, bam, you're a U.S. citizen if you're born in the United States, natural born. Right. And, uh, but you, you can remedy it. And fortunately, there are some parents around that have children that are making them nationals before they become legal adults. So there may be hope for the future. You know, most of us old farts will probably be looking up at the daisies by the time they turn the tide. But uh, if there's enough young people being raised the right way with the right knowledge on how to be free, man, maybe they can turn this country around. That's my hope that the younger generation is going to wake up and do just that. Thank you very much for your call, Matt. Thank you, you'll call back anytime. I don't know any any of you people out there that are watching on video. Um, if you happen to, you know, both uh, Mister Summerall, our guest, and myself, we both got a little bit of gray in our beard. So we, yeah. I, I think we qualify for that old fart comment that he that uh, the caller just made a minute ago. Hey, bro, I love you to pieces, but the alarms are going off outside. Could be a tornado. So I'm. Gonna- ah! Yeah, right here in Big Dallas, we got those storms coming through. I'm going to go check the radar. Hey, uh, you do what you got to do. Thank you very much for your time. Everybody go to uh, StopHate.com and support Mr. David Summerall. Buy a copy of American Gulag Chronicles. Thanks, brother. Yeah, man. Y'all take care. Patrick in Texas, line 11. Wow, we don't use that one very often. Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thank you very much. Um, You know, it's like one or two people break out of the system. Uh, maybe. There's, uh, Michael Getty was on the, uh, the Rebel Madman show there, and he said that the January 6th are coming up to a court, and one lady had all of her paperwork all in order, is it, and, uh, is being a state national, and, uh, the judge says, uh, well, we're, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have a trial today, you can take it up on appeal. So he didn't really 
He didn't acknowledge that at all. Um, and you don't have to fight through the way through these courts, the system. They're not, there's not going to be an easy fight. Uh, and uh, Judge Dale, you know, said it uh, in his book, Great American Adventure, uh, the Civil War was to turn America into a corporation. And uh, you can, all the paperwork is there, the evidence is there, that's what they did. They, uh, and uh, the, he also said that the, uh, the American Bar Association is a branch of the Lawyers Guild Communist Party. They are just ripe in there. And the bar itself, it comes out of the uh, the city of London. That's all Rothschild domain over there. That's his stomping ground. He runs all the banks, uh, the bar, uh, and, the, and the circo, and all that. Rather, he oh, totally under his control and the Masonic order that goes right along with that. And uh, that's the problem there. You got the, you're, you're you're fighting a big machine. And uh, one or two that might break out, but uh, they're not going to uh, rel- relinquish their their stranglehold on us. Uh, I'm commenting about that January 6th thing, along with that lady that, that, that got denied you know, her status. That uh, that's just like Charlottesville. Charlottesville was a complete setup. They had crisis mm-hmm. actors all over the place. And January 6th was you look at that real close, and there was so incredible. You know, they, that was so staged, it was ridiculous. You had these fake cops everywhere, uh, and that, that shooting was still very suspect. That didn't, that just stank to high heaven. That looked so staged, it was ridiculous. Uh, it's like him. Heather Heyer. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, these people are, it's, it's definitely in their possibility to, to have a false flag of that, you know, and it's, it's just, and, and Donald Trump, you know, uh, he's like, you know, as far as him taking back the country, no way, man. That guy was on board with the deep state uh, 100%. He's going to take the guns, you know, we'll deal with it later. You know, and he uh, he turned him as a younger, all those January 6th years, well, you're going to have to pay the price now. You know, uh, you know he, he wouldn't stand up for anybody. He had every chance in the world to try to defend them people. Uh, he did. You know, I just, that's, it's such a fraud. Uh, that's that, all I got. That, uh, so uh, it's a, it is a big, deep, uh, you know, uh, swamp, you know, and there's one or two people get out. I hope they wish them well, you know, but uh, it's, it's just uh, it's, you're going to get you're not going to get everybody out. Uh, and uh, unless they get a massive awakening, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah, just a just a thought of uh, of, of an uprising in January 6th. It's, it's a, it sounds good. You got to do a little something. You know, they they, they brought in the damn military in there, and uh, you know, in the National Guard, that place was just swamped with with a uh, with a uh, military. It, 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 you know, it's going to be a massive, um, you, you awakening. Um, thank you for taking my call. Right. Sure. Wait before you go. Were you talking about Mike Gaddy, um, Rebel Madman Radio? Nope. Guess I lost you already. Anyway, he's absolutely right. The um, January 6th thing was was entirely staged or set up or at least taken advantage of. Everybody knew there were going to be hundreds of thousands of people there. And I don't care what the event. You get a hundred thousands of people at, at a church revival, you're going to have more security than they had around the Capitol building. It's it just you get that many people together, you have security. And it was clearly done. If it wasn't intentionally like orchestrated, which I think it was, 
then it was it was a clearly set up so that it could happen easily without problems. Um, the American Gulag Chronicles, the letters from the people that are there, the, the Oath Keepers that were jailed while trying to help police. It's it's all bad. It's all bad news for the country. And, and I'm not trying to blow off the American Nationals uh, statements that uh, so many of you have, have made. It's not a route I'm willing to go. I'm a citizen of this country. I'm happy to be a citizen of this country. And I just want to fix my country. So I'm not trying to blow you off when I don't comment on it. I, it's just, it's not where I want to go with it. I want to fix the system that we have. Um, let's see here. A couple of minutes left. The, regarding the taxes thing, yes, you do the, you know, national, then you can get out of a few of them. But you can't get out of all of them, and that's part of the problem. We've built taxes into everything, and that's a big, big issue. I want to say thank you to the listeners out there tonight, especially because we had, well, we had a good a good number of you and some first-time callers. Love both of those things. Thank you very much. If you're listening live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Stay tuned for The Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett. Thank you to our guests for joining us this, this evening. Thank you, Mike, the producer. Can't do the show without you. And thank you again, most of all, to you, the listeners. You're why we do this show. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. Red, white, and blue, we must take America back. I'm proud to be partnering with Cedar Mill Fine Firearms. Cedar Mill Fine Firearms does some of the coolest firearms cases you'll find anywhere. Have you ever wanted to carry your AR-15 discreetly? How about a rifle case that looks like a guitar case until you open it up? Go to cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE the next time you're looking for a cleaning kit or a case to carry your firearms. That's cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE.